0: Welcome to the New Vision Church podcast. New Vision Church is a diverse, Bible-teaching, Jesus-centered church in San Diego, California, and exists to transform people and their communities by replicating followers of the biblical Jesus. Thanks for joining us today. Now here's this week's sermon. Make room in in our hearts for you. We love you, God. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, bye. Amen, amen. Amen. Hey, let's give it up for the kids, huh? (laughs) <laughs> Sorry. that's okay it's all good amen 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 hey guys I just first of all I want to thank you for all that came out and helped at the hope toy drive last last week I know just in appearance we have probably over 4,500 people that came out uh, we are able to bless with presents. I know we also did other ministries. We, we passed it down. Some stores went in down to Mexico's. Some are going to Perkin Elementary School. Some went to the San Diego Rescue Mission. So we were able to get toys all over the city to bless a lot of kids. This Christmas. We're looking at plus 6,000 plus people. when we look looking at all the areas that we served that blessed over 6,000. And so I first of all I want to thank you guys for participating and helping us make that happen, especially on a weekend uh, going into this weekend. I know a lot of are traveling and some are still traveling today. For those online, it's great to see you online. Also, guys, if you're a member of this church, we do have a members uh, meeting after uh, to look at the budget. If you're members of the church, we just want to let you stay a few minutes after service to be a part of that. If you uh, have your Bibles, open up to the book of Galatians, the book of Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4 this morning as we're finishing up the sermon series called Sent. We've been looking at the Christmas series of why God was sent uh, during the Christmas season. My sermon title this morning is Christ. Christmas gifts, Christ's Christmas gifts, Galatians 4, 1 through 7 this morning. Yesterday was Christmas Day, and all of you, I hope, were blessed in your Christmas Day. And I know, I know, as, as you gather as friends, as you gather as family, you probably experienced the generosity of your loved ones. I know my kids blessed me with some different things and gifts, and I blessed them, and so there was generosity being expressed through love. There was an episode in Peanuts comic strip. It says Charlie Brown cracked open up his piggy bank. He says to, says to Lucy, "Look, I've got nine dollars and eleven cents to spend on Christmas gifts." Lucy not impressed. She says, "You can't buy someone. You can't buy something for everyone with nine dollars and eleven cents." Charlie Brown said, "This. Oh yeah. Well, I'm gonna try." Then Lucy continues. There's sure going to be cheap presents. Charlie says, with absolute convictions, nothing is cheap if it costs all that you have. Listen, Christ's gifts are not cheap. Christ's gifts are not cheap. It costs everything, and his grace is not cheap. As we get into Galatians chapter 4, Galatians is really about freedom. It's really about freedom in Christ and our new identity It's about liberation. It's about how Christ came to deliver us from slavery and bondage. And this passage is really moving us from slaves to sonship. They're creating a new idea. They were no longer under the law, but grace. And we are saved by grace. And Christ's coming is the beginning of our sonship, is our new identity as a new family. And how we become children of God, blessed with gifts by becoming children of God. Yet... Christianity really has two symbols. It has two symbols this morning, and they're very meaningful. We talked about the little story of the mouse who tried to creep into Jesus' cradle. But there's two symbols this Christmas. There's the cradle and then there's the cross. The cradle is where work of salvation begins, and the cross is where it is finished. And the cradle and the cross, they have to go together. Sometimes we just focus on the cradle, but we don't see the cross. We don't see all that God has done to present the gifts because he came with a purpose to give us gifts. The the ultimate gift is the gift of salvation. That is the purpose of his coming because he wants to be with us, Emmanuel, God with us. And so as we get into Galatians chapter 4, we're going to look at verses 1 through 7 this morning. It's going to talk really about the gifts that he gives. And so we're going to look at three gifts that he gives us this morning. So I want to read it, and then we'll get into it. It says, Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from slaves, though he is a master of all. But is under guardian steward until the time appointed by the Father. Even so we... When we were children, we're in bondage under elements of this world. But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law that we might receive the adoptions as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father, therefore, you are no longer slave but a son. And if a son, then heir of God through Christ. Let's pray. Father... In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for this morning. Father, we thank you for your spirit. Father, we thank you for the spirit in this place, Lord, as we worshiped you, we invited you, we opened up into the heavens right now. And Lord, I pray your Holy Spirit would speak this morning as we just looked at these three gifts this morning the gifts that you unraveled and unwrapped through your Son to bless us with. We pray this morning that you speak to our hearts and our minds, Lord, that as we walk away, from this weekend, we remember the reason for the season. We remember the gifts that he gave us as we've opened up physical gifts yesterday. But, Father, we're going to unwrap today the spiritual gifts that you give us this morning. So we thank you. We praise you. We honor you, Lord, this morning in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen, amen. This morning, we're looking at three things this morning. And the first one is this Christ was sent to give us the gift of freedom. To give us the gift of freedom. You remember when you first learned how to ride a bike? For those parents teaching your kids how to ride, you take the bike out and there's, there's training wheels, right? And then uh, you have those training wheels attached to the bike and you, you put your son and your daughter on the bike and you, you're getting ready to teach them and you have to instruct them about how the bikes works, where the brakes are, how to steer, where to sit, how to maneuver, right? And, but the training's there, what are there to help them keep their balance as they're learning how to ride a bike? And then what do you do is you, after you instructed them to remove the fear of learning how to ride a bike, what do you do as parents? You, you begin to push your chi- child down the street, right? But you don't just push them. What do you do? You run alongside them, right? Have you ever done that? You run alongside them and you kind of cradle them along the process. Why? Because you don't want them to fall. You're, 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 you're teaching them what it means to ride a bike and you practice this daily. You're, churning it daily, you're moving it daily then one day, guess what happens you take off the training wheels, right and then you you push them and they start riding the bike and they ride off into the sun, they ride off as easy rider they ride off into their freedom of bike riding that's, that's the experience they're riding, that's the experience we see see once they move from the novice to the master, right they ride off in freedom into the sunset let me tell you something, your maturity will bring you freedom, your development and growing your faith will bring you and, and that's what Paul's beginning to write here, as you mature in Christ, as you grow in Christ, there's going to be freedoms that you experience in Christ, because he came to set us free. In fact, Isaiah the prophet who spoke about Jesus' coming 700 years before Jesus came on the scene writes about the purpose of his coming in Isaiah 61.1. He says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to build up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty, that's freedom, to the captives, and to open up of the prison doors who are bound. He came to set us free. The gift of of freedom, right? But freedom comes by growth. Freedom comes by maturing. Peter, freedom comes by learning. And we see that in verses 1 and 2 where it says this, Now I say that there are heirs, and as long as he is a child does not differ at all from slaves, though he is a master of all, but is under guardian stewards until the time appointed by the Father. You have to get a little context of what's going on. In the previous chapter, he's talking about how you become children of God. And in becoming children of God, you you become heirs to God. There's, There's an inheritance that comes, there's a blessing that comes as a child of God. And he's continuing Paul the Apostles right into the church of Galatia and to the believers there because what was happening is that they were coming and they found their freedoms in Christ, but then these Judaizers, these religious people started coming and says, no, 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 you're not saved by grace. you got to go back and follow the rules, and that's how you're going to find your freedom. And yet Paul is saying, no, 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 your freedom is found in Christ by the Spirit of Christ. But because you're a little kid, you don't understand that in your faith. Just because you're a little kid in your faith that maybe you're beginning your faith, you don't understand your freedoms, and you think your freedoms are found in trying to be good or trying to be right and not and you're working out your salvation by trying not to do wrong and trying to do right. But there's a blessing that comes because you're a child of God. It talks about an heir here. So suppose you were adopted by Bill Gates, right? You all start like, whoa, whoa. The the co-founder of Microsoft, right? And because of your position, you will be in line to inherit the father's fortunes. Because you're still a child, you don't have the right or authority to spend your inheritance yet, right? Though you are in line to receive the inheritance of Bill Gates, you're not mature enough to handle the finances that Bill Gates has. You have to learn how to do that. And so what? You're under the authority of your parents. You're under the authority of maybe the nanny or you're under authority of somebody teach you how to manage that. Eventually, you will grow into receiving that inheritance or that estate. What? At the appointed time. You'll receive that inheritance. That is same true for us with God. As God's people, we were brought into adult sonship to Christ. We came to faith in Christ. And what is he doing now? He's renewing us. He's training us. He's equipping us. To be mature enough to handle the things and the blessings of God. He's developing us. Parents, you have a responsibility to train up your kids in the Lord, right? You you have a responsibility to to pour on them because they're not mature enough to handle the things that you're dealing with right now. But then you're the tutor. You're the one teaching them. What Paul is saying in this verse is there is a tutor, there is one who stewards, and that is the law. That was, that was the scriptures of the Old Testament that were training up the law. But now, let me tell you about this freedom that's going to come. Because the law was temporary. This tutor was temporary. Because when you become grown up, you come to an understanding of who God is, God's grace, God's mercy. It helps us mature us. And Jesus was sent to liberate us from the law and put us under grace. And the law is love right so he's preparing us he's preparing the us for the inheritance we're positioned for the as to receive the inheritance he talks about children here they're minors they're under the age here not of legal age my kids are the beneficiary of julian and i's wealth yeah, it is we have, we, have, we have planned in our lives that as we get over it, we pass on. They're going to be the beneficiaries of our home that we own. They're going to be the beneficiaries of our insurance policies. But that's not going to happen until they're growing and we've taught them and we've trained them and we equipped them about life and adulting and stewardship. Because young, they couldn't handle that. If I passed, they couldn't manage that until the appointed time. Maybe there's things in your life that you haven't received because maybe it's not the appointed time because you're not mature enough to handle it yet. Maybe there's things that God wants to give you, but you have to have a little bit more training, a little bit more equipping, a little bit more learning before God can give you the things you need in order to do the things he wants you to do. So don't get impatient with those things that he's doing in your life. He's working it out. He's working out the things of God in your life because there's a preparation process why? Because he wants to see this, if you're faithful a little, he'll make you faithful with much. If you can't be faithful, I remember when I, uh, I, I was in college, and I remember, I think this was the, the part of the process of becoming a pastor of serving. I had a job as a janitor in this law firm. And every day I would go to law firm at night, and I'd have to clean the law, vacuum it, and clean the bathrooms, and clean the toilets where other people sat. But when I went in there, I said, God, I'm going to be the best janitor I can be. And I'm going to shine that toilet bowl. Because when somebody sits on it, they can know it's going to be clean. Because guess what? If I'm faithful to do that, God's going to make me faithful in other things. See, if we're faithful in the little things, God will make us faithful with much. But if we think we want to jump from A to C and we miss B, we're going to miss it. He's preparing his children here because they were learning the law. They're learning the Ten Commandments. And they were living in the do's and the don'ts. And so he's maturing them to come, to grow. Let me tell you, you as parents, let me give you a little parenting here. I'm going to give you a little instructions to help you along the way. Listen, listen. You have little ones here. And they're born, and you become the caretaker of them. What does that mean is that they need you. You're feeding them. You're clothing them. You're nursing them. You're the caretaker of your kids. And you're probably zero to five-year-old. You're caretaking. When they come about the five and on and 12 years old, now you're the cop. You hear what I'm saying? Now you're laying foundations of what's right and wrong. Now you're saying, don't touch that. Don't tag back to mom. I know the only word you know is no, but I'm going to tell you what you're going to do with that no. Right, you're, you're beginning to lay down some moral foundation into your children so that as they begin to learn and grow, you're developing in because later on you become the coach. As they become the high school, you're navigating that with them through things of what they're experiencing. Later on, you're becoming the cult and a consultant as they begin to move on in adulthood. There's a process to the development of your children, but maybe you haven't learned the tools. Maybe God wants to teach you those tools, but there is a process, and there's a process to God's people as much as a process to your own personal children's growth in the things of God. But we know that there are seasons of passages, right? In fact, in Roman times... There was a process of a rite of passage called liberella, where a son offered his ball or a girl would offer her doll to God, symbolizing that they had been put away childish things. They were, it, was a, it was a season of transition. It was a season of passages. Rites of passages we have. We have rites of passages in our own culture. Birthdays are rites of passage. Graduations are rites of passage. Even kindergarten graduation is a rite of passage, whether you realize it or not. Bar mitzvahs for the Jews is a rite of passage. Quinceanera is a rite of passage. In our culture, there are a lot of rites of passages that we have that move us from being a child to being an adult. Learning the things of God is a rite of passage. But there is an appointed time for adulthood physically and spiritually. For Paul writes, when I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. There was a time process to the process of maturing. Some of us, because we haven't had those rites of passage, we still act like children. There's a time we've got to say enough is enough. Now it's time to be a man of God. Now it's time to be a man, a woman of God. Now it's time to put the things that I value so much need to be set aside for new seasons and new times and new blessings in our lives. Or God's not gonna give you the blessings. And that's what he's saying here. Look at you've been tutored by the law, but now I wanna talk about grace. You've been been acting like a child and we gotta come out of this immaturity to become matured in order for you to experience freedom. And freedom is lost in false philosophies. Freedom is lost in wrong thinking. Look at three. Even so, when we were children... We were in bondage under the elements of the world. We were in bondage. Let me tell you something. Everybody's being trained in something. Amen. You're either trained in corruption or incorruption. <laughs> you're in either tra- trained in righteousness or unrighteousness, but you're learning something. Somebody taught you something, right? Absolutely. There is a philosophy. In this world, there is philosophies in our culture. Come on, come on, come on. The Bible says that here, even when you were children, that's another word means minors. It means small kids, right? But he's talking about really, even when you're a, a small in your faith, even when you didn't come to faith, even when you were unregenerated, meaning not born again, before you put, before you put your trust in Christ, before you had faith in Christ, you lived according to the philosophies of this world. You did what was right in your own eyes. You lived and you listened to Oprah Winfrey and Dr. Phil and Dr. Oz. And you listened to all these things on TV and books. And you listened to the words of man instead of the words of God. And you trusted in those words of man rather than you trusted in the words of God. And they're laying down philosophies in life. Some of them are are contrary to the word of God. There is a philosophy, right? Paul would eventually write about this issue to the believers in Ephesus when he says this, and you he made alive who were dead in trespasses. And said, meaning at a point we were, we were dead to our sin, we were dead in Christ. God had to make us alive, he had to give us new life by faith. And this is what he says, in which you once, talking past tense, in which you once walked according to the course of this world. This world has a course, for the wages of sin is death. This world has a course. For there's a way that seems right to man, but therefore leads to death. This world has a course of this world. According to the prince of the power of the air. Who's that? That's the enemy. There's a ruler and a God of this age. He's the enemy who wants to deceive men. And it says this, and the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. So there's a disobedient spirit. Because we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but principalities. So the enemy has influence on our culture, has influence on our people that what? As Pastor John said, don't display love but displays hate. There's a spirit out there. Wants division not unity. There's a spirit out there. Among whom we also once conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind and were by nature children of wrath just as others. He's saying this was this is who Pete was. This is who I was. I was contrary to God. I lived in my own ways, in my own thinking. We have the idea about karma, right? You get what you deserve. I'm not about karma. I want to be about grace. I get what I don't deserve by God, right? We have that philosophy. God helps those who help themselves. Willpower. You got to be stronger. You got to do better. You got to get your life together. Willpower. You're going to fall short. You're going to fall short. We don't have the power. We'll talk about that in a moment as a gift. People want to do what they want to do, and then they call it freedom. Tell me what happened when you did what you wanted to do, and where did you end up? Come on now. I don't think you ended up in freedom. You actually were enslaved, and you didn't even realize it. You were held in bondage. You didn't even realize it. To the philosophies and thinkings of this world. And God says, I came to set the captives free. I'm going to free you in your mind. I'm going to free you in your heart. I'm going to free you in the things that God wants to give you. Colossians says this. See it to that no one takes you captive. Imprisons you to hollow and deceptive philosophies. Which depends on human traditions. And the element spiritual forces of this world. Rather than on Christ. There are systems in place that are oppressive for you. Come on. There are systems in in place that aren't going to give you your freedoms. And so Paul writes in the previous chapter, in chapter 3 in Galatians, therefore the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ. That we might be justified by faith, but after faith has come, we are no longer under the tutor. Remember, we had the Ten Commandments. Moses received the Ten Commandments in Exodus chapter 20. And then he created a great nation when Abraham came on and Moses got the law. And then they followed all the rules. And they lived by those rules. And they wrote laws about those rules. God gave them 10 laws and they wrote 300 some laws off those 10 laws. Like 10 is enough. And we want to write more laws? Because you know why, people? We like to live in the black and white. We want to know what is right and what is wrong. But God doesn't live in the black and white. He lives in grace lives in grace okay and, and in that grace what happens is here this tutor was there what to bring us to Jesus to bring us we're going to see that in the morning to move us from children to adulthood to bring us from not having understanding who God is to understand who God is the law was good right but the new covenant grace is better and we're going to see that so he's moving our maturity in Christ and learning these things will bring freedom in us. God wants us to be for where the Spirit is, there's liberty. There's freedom. Amen. So that's the first gift he gives us. Here's the second gift. Christ was sent to give us the gift of redemption and adoption. In Galatians 4, 4 and 5, right? I don't know. I grew up in East L.A. And then back in the day, do you remember when you used to go out and play out in the neighborhood and, and run the streets with your friends and you didn't have to come in Until the lights came on. I mean, people don't do that today because they're afraid about a lot of crazy stuff, right? But when we grew up, we used to ride our bikes on the street. We used to play football on the streets. We used to run in the streets and play all the games and and kickball and do everything on the street and hang out. And the neighbors knew each other. All the parents knew us. And we knew all the moms and dads in the neighborhood, right? And all the moms and dads, they looked out for all the kids in the neighborhood. That's just how it was growing up. But when mom and the lights came on and mom and dad called you, you went, your, you went to your residence as a kid. Every neighborhood kid went to their own home. Right? They, my, my friends didn't come to my home, they went to their own home. When mom and my mom and dad called us, they, we went home when they called us. God loves everyone, but eventually he's calling us home. And only those who hear him and know him will enter into the right home. And we see that here. That home we're going to find comes to redemption and adoption. So what did God do? As the gift giver, Christ came at the right time as the great gift. Look at four. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. God is always on time. And he sent his son at the right time. For all men. Why? Because the law at this point had done its work, right? It real man sin. Now grace stepped in. Now grace stepped in. It says here, at the at Born of Woman, it says when the fullest time had come, the, the word time there. Is in, in, in the Greek is chronos time, means time on a calendar. The guys, you have, we're going to know it's going to be the beginning of a new year in a week, and that January 1st is a new time. That's, that's time on a calendar or a watch, specific time. Right now, we know it's eleven twelve. right now. It's a specific time. God had moved in such a radical way at the right time that there had been movement in that time during the Roman times where they started this thing called the Pax Romana, the Help Spread the gospel. There was freedom to come freely. You didn't need a passport. You didn't need a vaccine card. You didn't need any of that craziness that we experience today. You could come and go freely. And because you were able to travel in that area freely, the gospel was ever to spread quickly. And it spread rapidly. Because it was the right time. Guys, This, whether you realize it or not, this is the time for us to spread the gospel. When people are fearful and afraid and all the stuff that's going on right now. Right? Yes. Guys, yes. I don't know if I step on anybody's toes right now. We're, we're both so fearful of this virus, we're playing dodgeball. It's not going to get me. Missed me. Boom. You ever played dodgeball before? Eventually you get hit. Eventually you get hit. You can't, you, you can't dodge the ball forever. But I trust God in this. I'm not saying you don't play it safe. I'm not saying you don't do those things. But what I'm saying is that we're so fearful we're going to get this. Well, you're living in fear. Don't live in fear. Live in faith. God, I know you got God, if, if But by chance I get it, then trust God. You're, you, you're going to do your thing. Okay, I'm going I'm to walk by faith. That's, that's how I just walk. And, and, and this is the right time for the right season to preach the gospel to anyone who wants to hear. That, that's my mission. That's my call. That's what I do. And if God takes me home, to live as Christ, to die is gain. That's how I live. I'm just telling you how I live. Okay? My mind, and, the, and what I've learned about who God is, is God is working this all out in me. He's got to work it all out in you. And, and it's the right time for the gospel to spread. It's a time that people are spiritually hungry. In this time, you know, between the Old Testament and there had been 400 years of silence. The, The word had not come on the scene until John the Baptist, and then Jesus comes. And then there's people who are hungry for a new thing, and Jesus is talking about this new kingdom. People are open to the things of God. I think people are open to the things of God right now. And I think we as the church is... Pastor John shared, the fruit of evangelism, the fruit of sharing, the fruit of love, the fruit of service needs to be done more than ever. And don't don't cast stones. I don't care if you're vaccinated or not vaccinated, you're welcomed here. I don't care if you wear a mask or don't wear a mask, you're welcomed here. We don't need to judge each other because you're taking your own risk as as God's people. You you take that. I'm not going to tell you how to take the risk for your own life. You you, you have to go before the Lord on that one. But I'm not going to judge you on that. This world is so divided for masks and no masks. And, anti- and we start devouring ourselves from within. We start hurting itself from within. We start casting rocks and stones with that. Yes. The greatest thing God's called us to do is love. Yes, love. And wash our hands. Love, well, love and wash our hands. <laughs> we, hey, we, got, we got cases of cleaners, guys, if you need some. Okay. But the point is, be careful what we do with our words. The Bible says edify one another, to build up one another, to honor one another. Yes. The law was given us to point to God. Let me tell you what's happening today. We have a Santa Claus gospel. Mm. Who is naughty or nice? Oh. All the law did for show me is that I'm just naughty. Come on, come All the law on. could do for me is show me is that I've fallen short. Come on. Thou shalt not lie. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not covet. If you covet thou shalt not do all things. I violated them all. The guy says, "If you obey those laws, or you fall short of those laws, you are not inherit the kingdom of God." That's what. And, and so, what do we do? Sometimes our theology is that, "Oh, I got to be good and not be bad." That's a Santa Claus theology. Do you remember that? Um, we are saved by grace through faith. You remember that old Christmas Santa Claus Christmas song? You better watch out. This is a scary. I was reading. This, this is a scary song. Think about it for a moment. You better watch out. You better not cry. Don't show your emotions. You better not pout. Don't, get, don't lose it. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. He's making a list. He's checking it twice. Guys, you got that list in your life? Right? He's going to find out who's naughty or nice. Santa Claus is coming. To, that's frightful. Right? You, you know what you know what, you know what? the Bible says about the fruit of the Spirit? Pastor Don, you remember the last one of the fruit of the Spirit says that God keeps no record of wrong. Love keeps no record of wrong. Yet Santa Claus has got a record on you. And he's coming to tell. And he's going to hold it against you, right? He sees you when you're sleeping. Oh my goodness. We got a peeping Tom. And he knows you when you're awake. He knows if you've been bad or good. So be good for goodness sake. Listen, we need Jesus more than ever. More than ever. Jesus came to town, not to condemn us, but to save us, and he came to sponge our record. He had no record of right or wrong, because we're covered by the blood. That's the gift. That's the gift. Why? Because God sent his righteous son to redeem us, right? Sent forth his son. He init- God initiated the plan. He's always initiating the plan. He sought us before we sought him. He loved us before we loved him. He sought us in the garden when we fell. He's still seeking us out now. He's still the hound of heaven, and he's still coming after us. Why? Because he promised in Genesis 3.15. He promised in Micah 5.2, and God is always the initiator because he's a righteous son. Born of a righteous woman. Born of a virgin who found favor with God. Yet God was all man and all God. He was the, Jesus was God in the flesh because he made himself no reputation taken on the form of a bond sermon and coming in the likeness of men. Guys, we need to take comfort in the righteousness of God and our hope is found in his sacrifice. Receive that gift. Be blessed by that understanding, Right? But Christ was sent, what, to redeem and adopt us. Look at five. To redeem those who are under the law that we might receive the adoptions as sons. He came to redeem us. The law set a certain standard. We had the Ten Commandments, right? And Jesus came to fulfill the law. Jesus was Jewish. He learned the Torah. He grew up under the law. He understood it, and the law revealed our imperfections and our shortcomings. Yet God redeemed us from the law. He rescued us, he vindicated us, and he justified us by faith. The word redeem means to gain or regain possession of something in exchange for a payment. God paid the payment for us to redeem us, right? He paid the payment of our own violations as we violated the law. And when we violate the law, there's a cost. The Bible says for the wages of sin is death. That's the cost. But God paid that by dying on a cross. So he went from the cradle to the cross to pay the penalty of sin for us. But not only did he redeem us, he adopted us. I know some of you grew up in the systems. We have Hope House here that we have kids estranged from their family here. Not with their family, but we adopt them into our church family. We want to adopt them into the faith, which means they're in the Christ family. What does that mean? God took us in in our greatest darkness. He took us in. Yeah, there's no room in the inn when he came, but he made room for us in his inn. He made a way for us. Right? God took us in. We were separated, alienated from God. We were alienated from our Heavenly Father, but God adopted us. He made a way for us to be adopted into his family. The Greek word adoption is hythysia. Huthio means son. thesia means position. Huthio means to take position of a son. The son of God took our position on the cross in order that we might take his positions as sons of God. He replaced it. The word adoption speaks of privilege within God's family. We have a privilege in God. We have an inheritance. In fact, adoption is a, is a, a legal transaction Many of you know, when my mom, my original mom, passed away when I was younger, my dad remarried and I was, uh, she became my stepmom. But we actually went through a legal process so that she could be adopted to be my legal mom. And they actually took my birth certificate. So if you see my birth certificate today, her name is on the birth certificate. Because that was a legal transaction that took place. There's a spiritual legal transaction that takes place when we come to faith that he adopts us into his family and into his kingdom. That we're no longer alienated from him. Apart from him. Hmm. But yet, today, many aren't all the sons of God. (laughs) Though we're created in the image of God, we're not all his children. We must be adopted into his family. So God, through the credo, is the invitation to be a part of his family. John 1.12 says this. But as many as received him... Put their trust in Him. To them, He gave the right to become the children of God. To those who believe in His name. If you ever a Bible, look up John one twelve. Underlined it, memorize it because it's the key to the door. It's not just about believing. The Bible says in James that even the devil believes, and it's not saved. You don't get in just because you believe. A lot of people believe in God. But you have to receive the gift. You have to believe and receive in order to become. Believe plus receive equals become. There's the formula if you're taking that. Okay. Believe plus receive equals become. You have to believe. If you believe in your heart, you shall be saved. You have to receive. If you confess in your heart, right? You have to receive the gift. You can't just believe in the gift. Yesterday you had gifts Parents, you bought your children's gift and you put it on the tree. And the next morning, you want to give them so they would receive. You, the, the gift, they see the gift. They believe there's a gift there. But you gave it to them. And until they take it and open it, that gift is never received. They still see it. Come on, come on. We have to receive the gift in order to be born of God. That gift needs to reside in us. And so we, that's how we become born again and born of the Spirit. That God begins to live in us in the gift. So he gives us the gift of redemption and the gift of adoption, and then we've been adopted into his family, the family of God. We have a biological family and we have a spiritual family. Both are by the blood. <laughs> Both are by the blood. But here's, here's the last thing as you close Christ was sent to give us the gift of his spirit, his Holy Spirit. Galatians 4, 6, and 7, it says, and because you are sons, now because you're born of God, now because you're children of God, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Therefore, because of everything I blessed you with, you are no longer slaves, but sons, and if you're sons, then the heir of God through Christ. Hmm. You gave gifts yesterday to your children when they opened up, you know, and I'm sure when they got that gift, they were excited, right? They probably, I don't know if any of you, when my kids were young, they were so excited. They they just rip it apart. You remember they just rip it out. And then they want to open it, right? And so they're opening and they want to play with their gifts. And when they open it and they see it and they become disappointed. I didn't say the joke yet they get disappointed when they read batteries not included. Come on now. You ever did that? They, they want to play in there. Oh, and you're running around the house trying to find the batteries because the batteries are not included? God did not give us the gift of life and not include his spirit or his power. God included his spirit. He, he included the spiritual batteries, right? God gave us freedom. He gave us redemption. He gave us adoption, and he gave us empowerment into these new gifts. A promised spirit. Jesus is the gift that keeps on giving. Right? Because you are his sons. That's the prerequisite of the gift. He sent forth his spirit. The promised spirit. Christ dwelling in you through the spirit. Christ the hope of glory. Christ in you the hope of glory. Why did Jesus say I must go? That another must come. He came and he said I must go. Because I got a gift for you. And then he went and he told the church to wait in an upper room and he gave them that gift of the spirits to empower them. God gave you the batteries. It's him. He's the batteries. He's like the ever-ready bunny that never dies. He's living us in his spirit and he lives inside. He's given us everything we need to live this life of faith. Everything we need for godliness is in the spirits. That's the DNA of God. Come on now. That's the DNA of God. We have his DNA by his spirit in us. Right? And that because we moved from slavery and have been adopted as his sons, we received the gift of the spirit. That's the greatest gift we could ever receive. For, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit opens the door to intimacy with God. That God is not the far off God. God is not the hopeful God. The gift of God is Emmanuel, God with us. He's the near with God. He wants to be, and we have a relationship with God, and we could hear from Him, and we could talk to Him, and he, he understands who we are. We have the intimacy with God. We abide in the vine, in the branch, and we bear much fruit because of the intimacy we have with God. The Spirit is the mark of the believer, it's the stamp of the believer. He's not looking for whether you were good or bad, He's looking for the mark of the believer on your life, which is the Spirit. That's the seal. That's the truth marker, right? When you go on a passport, they stamp your passport because you're legit, right? Okay? Guess what? The Spirit is the mark saying you're legit. You're a Jalit follower of Jesus. That's the role of the Spirit. I give you this stamp. I give you this mark. And that's why Jesus said this, that we need to worship him in spirit and in truth because we need to be sealed. That's why when you worship and you start crying, something's happening with you because the spirit is moving. That's why when the word goes forth, you're like, dang, pastor, you're speaking right to me. Why are you speaking? I don't know your backgrounds. But the spirit knows your backgrounds. He knows what you've been through this week. He knows what hardship you faced. You know how you've been rejected and hurt and wounded? He knows all that. But he sends his spirit, the comforter, to heal your wounds, your brokenness. Because that's the gift. That's the gift he gives you. And the gift opens up our fellowship with the Father. The Aramaic word, Abba, Father. And all of us round up because we're his heirs, right? You have been positioned as son. You're no longer slaves, but you're free men. Right? You went from Egypt to the promised land. You were alienated and strange from God to now a child of God. And Christ made it all possible. Because with man, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. And so you have been positioned for an inheritance. You have been positioned for inheritance, right? Inheritances are usually given to bloodlines. And when we're adopted, we go into the bloodline. You inherited all spiritual blessings in the heavenly realm. You have full access to the Father. Right? You have an all-access pass to God. You don't have to sit in festival seatings way up at the top. Glory. I remember when Pastor Sean took a whole bunch of us to go see the Clipper game. We got a pass, passed the last row of the arena. In fact, the lights were lower than us, I remember. I know y'all Clipper fans from LA, I know I was giving Pastor Sean a hard time here. Should have went to the Lakers. Went to Laker games. That's a different story. Listen, listen, listen. Because of the Spirit, because of the inheritance, we got backstage passes with God. We can be with Him. We have access full access to Him, to be with Him. But the greatest gift is to spend all eternity with Christ and with your family of faith. That's the blessing we have. And ultimately, when it's all said and done, that's the greatest gift. So I want to close... This morning, as we're going to partake of communion, as Pastor Carmelo comes up, Christ was sent to give us the gift of freedom, and that freedom is found in Christ to set us free. Number two, Christ sent the gift to give us the gift of redemption and adoption, that we could be a part of His family. And Christ was sent to give us the gift of His Spirit for freedom and power. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, this morning as the worship team comes. Father, I pray this morning that you would guide and lead us, that you would direct us tonight, this morning. Lord, I thank you for the family that's here this morning. And I know there's family online watching. I know there are many traveling this morning, that they're with their other families and coming back. But I pray your blessings upon your people this morning, that they would know your goodness and know your love and experience your greatest gift, which was you. Bless them this morning. Bless them this season as we go into a new year. May be filled with your presence. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks again for joining us. Contact us or learn more at our website, newvision.city. See you next time.